ETH Podcast COVID-19 Hey, it's Jennifer Kakshori talking. Hope everyone is healthy, home and doing fine. Thanks for joining the ETH Podcast special. Today I'm talking to someone who is geographically far from ETH but extremely close regarding research and content. Our guest is in Singapore, where the only ETH institute outside of Switzerland is located, the Singapore ETH Center. Yes, hello. I'm Gerhard Schmidt. I'm a professor of information architecture at the ETH Zurich in the Department of Architecture. But at the same time, I'm the director of this Singapore ETH Center here in Southeast Asia. And we have three very large research programs going on here in Singapore. One is on future cities, one is on future resilient systems, and one is on future health technologies. And the center here has more than 200 people when it's at its full capacity, and it produces a lot of PhD and other research work. Singapore is somewhat very close to China, and you're in touch with Europe on a daily basis. How did you experience the breakout of the coronavirus epidemic? It started slow. Here in Singapore, we knew, of course, immediately from the SARS experience that Singapore had very strongly, also Hong Kong and China, that it could be a very dangerous development. And Singapore took very early, quite drastic steps to keep the virus from spreading. Because they had this experience with SARS uh, many years ago, 17 years ago, they knew exactly what to do. And it was quite amazing how precisely the population was informed every day, every morning, about every single case that was discovered somewhere. So the world seems to be upside down in many places, especially in Europe, the US and in China, or at least it was in China. How did the epidemic change your everyday life? This might sound very strange, but in the beginning, not very much, because we are, as you mentioned in the beginning, very far away from Europe, more than 10,000 kilometers. And so our normal mode of communication with ETH and with Europe and with the United States and all other parts of the world is through exactly the medium that we are using now. And uh, so that was nothing new for us. However, in our center, the Singapore ETH Center, which is on the CREATE campus here in Singapore, we are a very close community of more than 100 researchers and uh, we see each other every day and we are on a big floor and it's all with glass walls and everybody can see everybody walking by. And so it's a really lively community. And we stayed this way until very, very recently, actually even longer than in Switzerland, although we were four weeks ahead in the development. And uh, so that was the big step that we had to take when uh, we had to tell everybody to work from home for the uh, foreseeing future, probably for two to four weeks or even longer. And that made a really big impact then. So you were really ahead of Switzerland, as you said, but the figures in Singapore of people with COVID-19 are extremely low compared with all other countries. And I read about a tracking app that's used on smartphones in Singapore where infected people might be, or you can track where infected and non-infected people are. Do you use this app as well? Does this belong to the drastic measures that the government took? 
The app, to use the app, is voluntary and uh, many people do use it. I personally do not use it. We try to adhere to the other regulations which are very effective, which is, of course, the social distancing and so on. And this has been very successful so far. The app was not introduced at the very beginning. It came relatively late, only a few weeks ago. And by this time, the curve had been quite stable. It has accelerated recently again, but now it seems to be flattening out again. Cooling Singapore is one of the big projects that you're working on for a while now. For people who have never heard about Cooling Singapore, what is it about, as short as possible? In Singapore, it is very, very hot and humid. It's very inconvenient to be outside here. And it's also dangerous to be outside here. We want to find a way, a holistic approach to address the so-called urban heat island effect. And this is the effect that makes the city warmer than it should be due to the input of human actions, anthropogenic heat input into an urban system. This could be active heat that is put in, for example, cars and elevators and factories and so on, and also passive anthropogenic heat, which is the buildings, which is the streets, the mass of the streets and other infrastructure. And all of those make the city much warmer than its environment where no buildings, no streets, no infrastructure exists. And so we have really, if you look at the temperature, an island of heat in an otherwise cooler environment. Will COVID-19 in any way change this project? Is the social distancing something that you can explore differently right now for this specific project? Yes. Singapore calls itself... A living lab and it invites researchers from all over the world to do research there. Now involuntarily through the present situation many processes in the city of Singapore have changed. They have been slowed down. Density in the streets has been reduced and these are exactly the things we normally measure in our research projects. If you think of Zurich in its highest density, downtown Zurich, it has about four and a half thousand people per square kilometer. And in Singapore, it's almost double this density. So people are very close together. They have to be close together. And suddenly now, because of the virus, they have to distance each other. And you ask yourself, where are they going? Because the density is so high. So that makes it really difficult. At the same time, due to the virus, people are traveling less. Industry is less intensive at the moment and very remarkable. The airport is almost not operating anymore. And this is a huge airport with 50, 60, 70 million passengers per year. And if you imagine suddenly it's quiet and only few planes are taking off, then you can see the direct effects of the virus of this anthropogenic heat input into the urban system. Because the fact that suddenly so few planes are flying is like a huge experiment that you could never do if you would set it up as an experiment. But it's reality suddenly. You take away all this air traffic from the airport and, and it's quiet and it's cooler and you can make remarkable scientific findings now. And if you have such a sudden change of density of population, of density of machinery in the city and so on, you can actually measure this and you can validate with this your simulations that you have been doing before. And this is an 
incredible opportunity to learn more about the real functioning of a city in its technology and infrastructure and human behavior. I just want to summarize what we've spoken about now. How does the coronavirus crisis change your life, both as a person and as the head of the Singapore ETH Institute? In terms of technology, it is not changing our life very much because we have been working with these high-tech communication devices before. And actually, matter of fact, this is one of the strengths of the Singapore ETH Center. But in terms of human interaction, of course, it has led to more distance. And at the same time, as most of you also experienced probably in Europe, it has led to new types of cooperation and to new types of communication. Not with technology, but the way we do it. So the town halls being suddenly virtual and also the interaction between people being virtual, the sharing of images, the sharing of experiences um, being at a much higher level than before, the uh, arrangement of meetings, uh, the strange mix of people being in a meeting physically two three meters apart and many people being on the outside speaking from the outside with the people inside. Um, these are all quite uh, not new experiences but very, very intense experiences that we have now. Thank you, Gerhard Schmidt, for joining us. Stay safe and cool. And my name is Jennifer Kakshuri. I produced this episode of the ETH COVID-19 edition together with Tiswachter's Audio Story Lab and our sound designer, Luki Fretz. <laughs> <laughs>